And good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to Coffee with Casey. So let's talk about the first 96, the components of the first 96. This is, this is clearly where um, if you're going to get the highest price and the fewest contingencies, this is where it's going to happen. Now, in the second half of 2022, only 34% of the homes in our market area achieved that goal. So the other ones lasted more than 10 days. And when they do that, you know, they get soft prices. Their average um, sales price was 116% uh, of assessed value. Whereas the homes that sold early, they sold in that first 10 days, got 123% of their value. So that's 7%. That's about $100,000 when you look at the price homes that we're talking about. So, so you know, we want to be very thoughtful about what we're doing on, and the components are how you prepare the home, the pricing strategy, the marketing plan, the predictive analysis, and the contract negotiations. But really your goal, everybody's goal, sellers, buy, you know, sellers and agents, the goal is we have to get this thing done in the first 96. So let's take a look at how we do that. The chart on the left, although we sell properties all over Northern Virginia, that's the Vienna Oakton agents. That's us on the far left. So you can see this first 96 strategy that we have really works. And, uh, you know, our marketing strategy is not to buy ads from Zillow. Our marketing strategy is do a great job, sell the house, get a premium price, tell all the neighbors, and then people get referred to us. So that's our strategy. All right. So the first thing we want to talk about is preparing the home. Nobody wants to prepare the house. The seller doesn't want to do it. We don't want to do it. The buyer doesn't want to do it, right? But we have to do it because if you were to invest seven, $8,000 into a house, it could return $125,000 with no home inspection, quick settlement, a lot of cash. So let's take a look at the first component, which is preparing the home. We want to prepare it for a transitional buyer. This is where the 60-somethings have to step back, whether it's me or my sellers, we need to step back. We turn this over to our 30-somethings who are very gifted at taking this house and turning it into that house. Now, this house was worth less than a million dollars. This house sold for $1.125 million, okay? And, and not only that, but it got multiple contracts, had no home inspection. Uh, now, all this is is paint, new lighting fixture, new carpet, thinning out, you know, uh, cutting down on the table, and decluttering this whole house. So there's a system to preparing the home, but I will tell you that people are online and they are going through the houses like this, right? They're, they're discounting because they look old, traditional, they look tired. This is what today's buyer is looking for, a transitional look. This home that was on the Penderbrook Golf Course was worth $950,000. Customary value, 975, but all of the homes in that neighborhood took 80 days to sell. So we priced it at 950. We fixed it up. It looked like that and pictured like that. This transitional look got 100 people into the house. Now, remember, all the comps I'm looking at in their neighborhood are 80 days on the market. Scared me half to death. We had 100 people come through the house. We had 17 contracts and the home sold for $1,095,000. We were listed for $950. So it sold for $145,000. So for those that say, well, 2022 is gone, it's really not gone. It's still here, right? 
But the first key is you need to prepare the home in that transitional look, which is number one is paint. Number two is hardware. Number three is lighting. We rarely spend more than $10,000 and usually it's three, five, $6,000. But in the time it takes you to pay your credit card bill, that $6,000 investment will bring in about sixty dollars to $70,000 before the bill is due. So, you know, this is a quick and easy way for you to make sure that we prepare the home correctly. And preparing the home isn't really all of it. Preparing the home is you need to take great pictures. So, you know, back in the day, well, not back in the day, today, a lot of agents use flash photography. And flash photography whites out windows, looks terrible. You need to take these great flambian pictures, use fusion photography, you need to take all these wonderful pictures and turn them into a website, a custom website that they use on the West Coast. This is what it looks like, where you can see all the pictures. You see how far it is away from metro stations, how far it is away from the airports, the Pentagon, you know, how quick you can get to everywhere shopping. So you know, it is critical to not only prepare the house, but also get those key incredible pictures and make sure you create a website. Now we're ready. We're ready for the public, right? So the next thing we need to do is we need to price the house. So remember, we need to prepare it. We need to price it. We need the marketing plan. We need a predictive analysis. And then we need our contract negotiation skills, a strategy, right? These are all strategies. So this is the most important part. I, I, I claim that a lot of realtors have lost the art of pricing houses because they're dependent on Zillow or a realtor property resource, some poor logic or some BS like that. So really the way you price this house is you have to look at the size of the house, the age of the house, the lot size, and you need to look at the assessment. So I take those, we compare like kind properties, we take a look at them, we throw out all of the anomalies. In other words, if it's within a certain range, within a certain age, within a certain size, these are the homes that we need to compare to. So how to price a home is very difficult to make sure you have the right home. Let me give you an example. So the two things, the components that make it up are price per square foot and percentage of assessment. So let's take a look up here. These homes average between 116 and 137, but let's call it 124%, right? Well, this home that you see that was eliminated up here was 145% of assessment. So what is that? That's an anomaly. Something happened. Either the appraiser screwed up or it was way overdone with upgrades, but that is not a customary house. That is not a common house. We're trying to get the average of the common houses. So in this case, we would look at the house and say, okay, what is 124% of the assessed value of the home I'm about to list? 1.23 million, all right? Now we're gonna look at price per square foot. And again, this is where the skilled realtors come in, okay? So the price per square foot, you measure that against the legitimate comparables, right? And you need to adjust the price per square foot. This is what the common is. You may be a little bit bigger, so your prices, your price per square foot is going to go down. You may be newer, price per square foot is going to go up. So that balancing act is called adjusting the price per square foot. Apply the adjusted price per square foot times the square footage of the home, and then you get another number. So in this case, it is 
one point, what is it? One point, um, I'm sorry, 1.197. So we're right around $1.2 million. So now we have a customary value somewhere around $1.2 million. There are two breakpoints of that. There is a 1.2, where there's a big buyer pool, 1.25, right? So we're either going to price it at 125 or we're going to price it at 1.2. So arriving at the customary value is extremely important when we're talking about how we're going to do this. Now, now we go from the pricing where we're in agreement, we're between 1.2 and 1.25. Now we need to come up with a marketing plan, all right? So let's say we look at the market and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're, we can test 1.25. Let's test 1.25. So we create a bunch of ads. We use geofencing. We use Google ads. We target people that are not looking in this market. If you're looking in the market, you've already seen it. You've seen it within, within minutes. When we hit launch, it goes to a buyer pool of 300 people that have stored searches looking for that particular house. They're going to open it up. They open it up, they're part of our buyer pool. If they don't open it up, that was just an old, that was an old stored search. Nobody cares. So I'm not worried about the people that are looking in this area. I'm worried about the people that are looking in McLean and can't find a home when I have a home in Vienna right next door, which is $400,000 less than that home in, in McLean. Exactly what they're looking for. This home was sold to a buyer in New York City, in a penthouse in New York City, that Google Ads knew that he was looking in McLean for a $1.6 million house. It put it on his Wall Street Journal feed. He saw it up in his, in his penthouse in New York. He loved it, called me, and came down and purchased the house. So the power of the marketing plan of going and targeting people outside of this area, in this one house that we're launching today, it has 10,781 people saw this impression. That's how many post impressions there were. You could see how many people liked it or loved it or shared it or didn't like it or whatever. We can see the 1,400 people interacted with it. In other words, went to the page and either looked at the pictures or actually went to the website, okay? So, so this is a, a very powerful part. Now, this happens during coming soon. So we can take that 1.25 million. We can test it. If 11... Thousand people see it, and everybody in Vienna is looking at it, and only two people are coming to see it. It's not 1.25 million, right? We missed. But again, as I tell all the of our sellers, it's kind of like crossing the street, right? If you don't look both ways, you could get hit by the bus, right? So you don't want to get hit by the bus. We want to make sure the coast is clear before we step out into the real estate market with a correctly priced well-prepared, test-tested property that we know we have it at the right price, we're going to get the buyer pool, and we're going to get our contracts. So so using Google Ads and Google Analytics is just a part of today's real estate reality, okay? So we've marketed the house. We've done what we want to do. Now, we need to do what's called a predictive analysis. I need to know. I need to know how many people are in the buyer pool? How many people are loving it, liking it, favoring it? You know, do you love it or do you not? If you don't, we're in the wrong price, right? So this home was dropped. 
we dropped the price of that house. Uh, we dropped the price of this house too, and the other one stayed put. So we look at the Google Analytics down here of how many people come to the website to see it. 165, they stayed six minutes. That's a pretty good market. So we're, we're looking at what country they came from, what city they came from, how old they are, what they make for a living. In other words, do we have a good representation of the buyer pool that we're looking for? If the answer is no, we just shift our marketing to other places, but usually we're right on, right on target. So we can tell you who the buyers are and where they're coming from. But the last thing, it can be seen by 10,000. This house was seen by 14,000 people. You know, you could have seven people that love it and this could be great, but this is what's called showing time. This tells us how many people are coming to see the house. We need at least 10. In order, to, in order to launch at the correct price, we need at least 10 people coming to see that house. As soon as we flip the switch and activate it and start our 96 hours, that number will usually double. So a lot of people may not come on and coming soon and schedule a showing. But I can tell you what, those 10 people that did, those are serious buyers. They're ready to go. And, and again, I, you know, some people said, well, you know, it's either Easter or it's um, Fair, uh, Fair, I think Fairfax County has, um, uh, what is it called, spring break or whatever. It doesn't matter. When people are looking for a house, they know the house is there. They will come to that house on Christmas Day. I promise you. We can have an open house on Christmas Day. If, the right, if four people walk in, they all will put in contracts on the house. Real buyers don't care about rain. They don't care about snow blizzards. They don't care about Super Bowls. They don't care about anything. They don't care about Mother's Day, right? Now we will shift those open houses to, um, to, to, to Saturday instead of Sunday. So we won't compete and give them their, their peace. But I will guarantee you that if we put an open house on a Sunday, those buyers that walk in that door, those are the real buyers. I mean, they are not fooling around. So people need houses. You know, they're they are dying to get these houses. Our inventory is down. So when that house comes in, all heck breaks loose. So this predictive analysis saves probably 50% of our transactions where we're testing a number and then we can't get it and we know we're rock solid at this number. So if there's any differentiator about how our numbers become so high versus low, about how 92% of our houses sell in the first 96 hours versus 33% of the rest of the market, the reason is the predictive analysis will tell us and actually what happens, the predictive analysis gives the seller the comfort of knowing that he tried. we tried that bigger number. We tried 1.25. It just didn't work. There just was not the people there. Let's move down to 1.199 and let's roll from there, right? And that has helped us over and over and over and over again. And that's why, you know, we don't get hit by the bus. We're driving the bus and our sellers are sitting right next to us. So... You know, it's always better to drive a bus than get hit by it. All right. So right before we go out, we really need to see what is the rest of the market doing? This is a market snapshot. I've talked about this before. We need to know these are the comparables. These are the homes that sold. So we're pretty locked in on all of our numbers. We have a coming soon coming. I can tell you that that home is underpriced. So it's a very good price. It's either not prepared well, or it's a hell of a bargain, right? And so you can see the homes here that are pending. Some are pending at higher. 
It should be only 1.25. They're up at 1.4 and they got it under contract. There's no guarantee what that number is, but that number was prepared correctly, has a ton of upgrades, great condition, great lot premium, great neighborhood. And that's why they're getting so much more of a customary value. Then down here, I can see that these homes have expired. So this kind of tells me I don't have any active listings right now, right? There's nobody active. There's one coming and it's competitively priced, but that's okay. There's more than one buyer out there. So if I saw eight actives and two pendings, I would be concerned. I'd be a lot more conservative with my advice to the seller. So these are all things we check before we launch that listing. Now the inventory, which I talk about every week on Coffee with Casey, is the second shoe. So the first shoe that causes a real estate recession is interest rates, right? Um, you take a look at, at um, when interest rates go from 3% to 6%, 7%, then a payment goes from 3,500 to 6,500. Well, that, that, that tends to cut down your buyer pool considerably, right? If there are no homes, people will ignore that because they will have cash and they'll come out and they'll buy. But as soon as the inventory shows up, and I mean really shows up, now the second shoe is dropped and now it's going to be a real struggle. So we need to know what the inventory is. This is the first quarter inventory versus the first five years for Vienna, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County, Arlington County. So as you can see, we're all down 35 to 40%. Inventory is way down, so the second shoe is not dropped. We can, again, proceed with caution. Now, that's going to change. That's going to change. Now, right here is the first four months of the year. So you see how in Vienna, they only had one withdrawal, one withdrawal, and whole month, two withdrawals, and zero withdrawals. Why? Because you could be an idiot and put a house on the market and sell it. Now, you might not get your price, but... It's not going to withdraw. Somebody's going to make an offer and get that house. But look at what happens in the summer. And even in the fall, this is as interest rates are rising, the markets are changing, but the agents and the sellers aren't recognizing it. In other words, if the market was going like this, and all of a sudden it's going like that, they're still pricing up here, right? They're riding the market. So these people that are withdrawing on their listings are just not watching the market. They're stepping out in the street and of course, their homes are withdrawn. Once it stays on the market for 100 days and you withdraw the house, now the house is marked, right? We don't want that. We don't want that stigma of saying that our house was on the market for a long period of time and nobody wants it, right? So this is one of the things that we need to look at is the timing, the inventory, our predictive analysis, all of these things go into what we're going to list this out. So here comes the 96, 96 hours. We press the button and here comes everybody. They're looking at the house and you have 20 showings, 30 showings, 40 showings. So now it comes time where we're trying to hold everybody off and people are throwing out a big number and demanding we take it within 24 hours and we withdraw, blah, blah, blah. So, so now it's a fierce competition for this house. If we have it baited correctly, which means we prepared it right. And we have it priced correctly, which means it's in the buyer pool. We are securely in the buyer pool. Then we're going to have what's called a fight at the bat rack or a fishing frenzy. So the buyers will go after this house and they will start bidding on the house. 
now comes at least a fifty to hundred thousand dollar moment. Now, in some cases, it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. But here's where the magic happens, right? That guy on the left, right there. I can't tell you how much money that guy has made my clients. That is Chris Boss. He is an FBI, former FBI hostage negotiator. He's a business strategist. He teaches people how to negotiate, right? Let me give you an example. Let's talk about the $50,000 five-second period. Agent calls up. Hey, man, how you doing? Good. Hey, my clients really want this house. I put in a contract for 1.8. Is that, uh, that going to make it? If I can shut up for five seconds, just shut up for five seconds. Well, how about 1.85? Um, might be. Yeah, might be. If I just shut up for those five seconds, they will cave and they'll bump it 50 grand. And it happens all the time. So let me give you another example of, of how Chris Voss helps. We ask for highest and best offers. Now, there's another strategy in contracts, and that's called the escalation clause. And the escalation clause allows uh, agents to submit contracts and says, we'll give you $5,000 more than the next highest bidder. So one of his techniques is a technique called mirroring. You say a word, I say the word back to you, and then you expand, right? So, so I'm talking to the agent. They submit a contract for $1.4 million. I only have one contract. That's all I've got. They're the only people interested. I don't have any other phone calls for it. One person. They come in for $1.4 million with, a, with an escalation clause. And I'm talking to the agent. I'm trying to get information out of her because I have to decide. We only allow highest and best offers, but I've only got one contract. So am I going to really push this contract or not? So she said, well, my buyers are really anxious. And I immediately thought of Chris. And I said, anxious? And she said, oh, yeah, they've lost five contracts. They, they really love this house, and they've lost five. Mm. I'm going to need your highest and best offer by Monday at 12. She's like, oh, my goodness. So she calls me back in less than a half hour. It's $1.55 million. No, no uh, home inspection. They've removed the appraisal contingency. She's the only contract, mind you. That guy made my client $150,000. So the key here is using, interrogating the agents, interrogating the lenders who are, will tell you anything, to get as much information as we can to use it in the contract negotiation. We're not going to give out any information. You can ask us how many contracts until you're blue in the face. We're not going to tell you. I just need your highest and best offer Monday by noon, right? So, and that $5,000 or that five seconds that could make you $50,000, again, Chris Falk, they say something. Well, how about if we bump it $50,000? There you go. I didn't say $50,000. You said $50,000. I didn't say that, right? So, so the highest and best offers, the listening instead of talking, the gathering of information, um, the highest and best, by the way, 
is the strategy to use a, a the escalation clause is advantage buyer. They can keep the price low, but highest and best offers is advantage seller. Um, example, we had a $1.4 million house was getting bids in the 1.5, 1.52 range. Um, an LA buyer came in who we target. We target people from the West Coast coming into Northern Virginia and show them our ads so because they pay the highest and best money. So the guy goes, look, I really want the house. We walked to Madison High School. It's 1.4. I'll give you 1.65 million. So that's 125,000 higher than anybody else that's out there. He goes, look, I can't even buy a, an apartment in LA for 1.65 million. I'll, I'll give you 1.65 million. That's highest and best offer. Now, another agent may have accepted, I'll give you five, I'll give you $10,000 more than the next highest offer. So we would have sold for 1.535 because the highest offer is 1525. So had I allowed escalation clause, had we as a team allowed escalation clause, seller gets 1535. But if we go highest to best offer, we get 165. So our job is to get the highest number we possibly can. And that's what highest and best offer. You can't really do a highest and best offer when you're 30 days down the road or 60 days down the road, because they're going to tell you to go pound sand. They're the only contract and they know it. They have all the control. We have no leverage. We have no control. In the contract negotiations, one thing that we always try and remember is this. Danny said, for anybody that joins Samson Properties, you have to be nice and you have to be professional. So that is a key because the backup contracts, keeping all the agents involved, keeping everybody happy, making sure that they're all know they're in it and trying and getting close. That's important because if we accept contract A and should for any reason, cold feet, lose a job, uh, daughter has trouble with her family and you got to leave town, which all of these have happened and they have to break the contract. The backup contract is the most important thing because that will either hold their feet to the water or keeps us from having to put the house back on the market. And look, that's why when somebody says, I sold my house, the first person that saw it sold it and um, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, what happens if that person walks away and you got to go back on the market, right? So I don't want that risk. There's a 30% chance that's going to happen. So that backup contract, we are very nice. We are very professional. We try and keep them engaged, right? In the, in the process. The other thing we want to do when we have when we have the power is we want to make sure that they're not using Bank of America or Silicon Valley Bank or blah, blah, blah. We don't want a bank that's that's doing this transaction. We want a correspondent lender. So a bank uh, like Bank of America has their programs and somebody may have all their savings in there, but Bank of America's mortgage programs are terrible and their service is awful. And so is Chase and so is Bank One. If it's a bank, they're dealing with their clients. And, and really, it's, it's an 800 number if something goes wrong. A correspondent lender are the professionals in the mortgage banking industry. They work for McLean Mortgage, First Heritage, Intercoastal. You know, all of these, all of these correspondent lenders are the top level. We want them. We want to make sure that the agent that they're dealing with is a very is a professional and gets these since these transactions done. We want to make sure they're a lender. We want to make sure that title insurance company, um, you know, is our title insurance company. Let me give you an example why. Um, 
they may come up with something that says, um, whatever reason, they need to charge an enhanced insurance policy out of nowhere. I have no control of that. I have no, we have no control. At Cardinal Title, they're good, they're professional, and they're on our team. So, you know, we literally pull title when we get a listing, make sure that it's in great shape before we go anywhere. Because the last thing we want to do is get five days away from settlement, have their company pull title and find some cloud on that title that we have to scramble and deal with and may not allow us to deliver clear title. See, the contract says we need to deliver clear title. Their company isn't going to tell you if it's clear until four or five days before settlement. You need to keep control. The contract negotiation. I tell every one of my sellers they should find him online. He's, he does master classes. Uh, he's, he's incredible. And they need to send him a, a note uh, when they say, hey, thanks for that $150,000 bump uh, that you got. That was really great. Well, you can thank Chris uh, primarily because it's a lot of his strategies that we use. So the first 96 hours, that's where all the action is. So, you know, that is when the magic happens. And that is 96, the first 96 hours. To all of you Samson agents that walked coffee with Casey, Justin will be producing this with me and we'll do one like pricing strategy is about a 45 minute take. And I go over the whole thing about how to price. And then we'll come in and we'll do one about preparing the home, which is critical. But all of these elements, preparing the home, pricing it, testing it, marketing to the right marketing group, contract negotiations. You can't use two of the five or three of the five or four of the five. You got to use all five, all five in that 96. So 92% of our houses made it in the first 96 hours. Now, they may show five days or six days, but trust me, all the contracts are done on Monday. And within 96 hours, we pretty much have secured who we want in that house, right? We get our buyer, we get our price, we get our terms. That's what we're trying to do. That's what the first 96 hours if we do it right. So why did we only get 92 out of 100, you know, 92%? What happened to the other 8%? Well, not everybody takes my advice. Not everybody prepares the house. Not everybody prices the house correctly. I mean, I've had, I've had people that have said they've got advice that, um, you know, shouldn't be at that price, should be another price. But we quickly find out that's just wrong. And I will tell you, when we don't follow the rules, um, we lose money. And, and so it's my job to try and try and gently persuade, recommend, strongly recommend, definitely strongly recommend that this is the path that we take because I know it works. It works every day. It works three times. So at five o'clock today, we're going to launch three houses. We're going to do it all over again. The 96 hours starts at Thursday at five o'clock and away we go. So, uh, so we'll keep you apprised of what's happening right now. All the houses are still selling that first 96. We're getting contracts over. The market is good. The market is great for sellers. My name is Casey Sampson. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or at Casey at CaseySampson.com. Again, for those of you Sampson agents that watch this, and you can, you're going to be able to watch a series, Justin. We've just done the first one. We'll get the second, third, and fourth up within 30 days. 
but you can watch this series and then apply it to the homes you're selling. And that's what makes Samson Properties number one. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you again next Thursday on Coffee with Casey. Bye now.